Despite our best efforts to rid our lives of plastic and reduce pollution, there is the possibility that we may lose, meaning plastics may actually win out and we have to deal with this problem forever. But we have to remind ourselves to do the best we can and to make some slow, steady progress. In episode one of Life Without Plastic, I covered some valuable tips on what I call the no-brainers. This gives you an easy place to start going plastic-free, but in this episode, I want to cover some additional things that you can do, and these are going to take a little bit more effort and maybe a little bit of planning. So if you want to know more, then stay tuned for Life Without Plastic, Part 2. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode number 70, which is called Life Without Plastic, Part 2, Easy Homemade Products. Now, despite our best efforts, plastic may actually win. As much as I focus on sustainability, and as much effort as I put forth toward that end, I still look at my own life and I see a lot of plastic products that are going to be around for a long time. There are a number of reasons for that, which I'll get to in a minute, but what is most important is that I've made the commitment to reduce my use of plastic products and to no longer purchase anything made of plastic. My best example is the food storage containers and freezer bags that I use. So whenever I need to replace one of these containers, I purchase something that is made of glass instead. And whenever I purchase my freezer bags, I purchase a durable silicone product instead. But despite my best efforts, why is it that plastics will be around in my life for a long time? As I stated in the previous episode, The most difficult part of going plastic-free is going plastic-free. And there are a number of reasons for this. One of which is that plastic is extremely affordable. So just compare the cost of a 30-count box of quart freezer bags in the supermarket versus a 12-count box of silicone food storage bags. Compare the cost of plastic food storage containers to that of glass or stainless steel. Go into a home improvement store and check the price of plastic storage containers. But anyway, it doesn't take long to understand that plastics are popular because they are inexpensive and cost-effective to produce. Now, plastics are also highly durable. 
Plastic can be tossed around, shoved around, stacked and take a beating and still be usable. I have a couple of plastic trunks in my storage shed that are used for tools and I've used and abused these things for years and they are still in good condition. Plastics also last quite a long time. They don't break as easily as glass or metal. And the big reason that PET plastic bottles are used for so much for uh, beverages is because they are durable. But this durability is one of the characteristics of plastic that creates such an environmental problem. Plastics are also highly flexible. And this is one reason that plastics are extremely popular in the food and the shipping industry. You know, glass and metal can be molded into numerous shapes, but these can never outdo the flexibility of plastic. Plastics are also easy to transport. And this is another reason plastics are such a popular choice. Plastic containers weigh considerably less than glass or metal, are safer to transport, and can easily be produced in a variety of sizes and shapes. Food-grade plastic is lightweight and leak-free and can be used for a huge variety of food items. So for all of these reasons, plastics will still be a part of my life for a long time. I'm certainly not going to throw away all the plastic products that I presently have because if I did that would just be plain wasteful. But the point is that I have made the commitment to replace things as needed with non-plastic items. And as I pointed out in the previous episode, you have to focus on making progress, not necessarily being perfect. This is also the point of striving for sustainability, taking baby steps to change your lifestyle and produce less waste and reduce your environmental footprint. And if you have listened to some of my previous episodes, then you know that I speak a lot about simplifying your life and being frugal and being a minimalist and just learning to do things yourself. But I also think that Because we are so addicted to convenience, we have lost the knowledge and skills needed to do many of these things ourselves. And additionally, our increasing trend toward urbanization is making this problem even worse. So there is no doubt that we now live in a very, very different world. There was a time when educating yourself was considered a person's duty, when doing things for yourself was really truly a necessity. So for example, the the worldwide economic disaster of the 1920s and 30s and and during the Second World War, self-reliance was really truly center stage. But as society made progress, manufacturing moved from the cottage industry to the factory floor. Even for the avid do-it-yourselfer personality, materials that were manufactured made jobs easier. Commercial food and various other home products became readily available and more popular. But the end result is that the list of things we had to do for ourselves became smaller and smaller. 
And over time, with increased urbanization, people have simply lost the knowledge and skills, and even the basic desire to do something for themselves, because it's so easy to walk into a store and purchase something, or pay someone to do the job that you could have potentially done yourself. And of course, everything comes in plastic. But you know, every time I learn how to make something myself, it kind of makes me grin a little bit and I am reminded that the list of things I no longer purchase from the supermarket keeps getting longer and longer. Not only do I have the pleasure of enjoying various homemade products, I am also reducing the amount of waste that I am producing. And I am not doing nearly as much as I could be doing. But as I said, my list keeps getting longer and longer. And that is really the focus of this episode. I just want to pass along some basic tips on products that you can easily make at home with very little investment. And not only will you save money, but you will also reduce the amount of waste that you are producing in your household. And if you are a savvy shopper, the basic ingredients that you purchase can be found in packaging that is recyclable. So what I want to start with here is just simply basic cleaning and laundry and personal care products. And one of the easiest things that you can do at home is to make your own laundry detergent. Annette and I have not purchased commercially produced detergent for over a year now. And you can make powdered or liquid detergent. It really just depends on your choice. But my personal preference is the powdered detergent because it's just very, very easy to make. So all you really do is you start by grating a bar of this stuff called Fells Naphtha or you can even use ivory soap if that's what you choose. And then you add 14 ounces of borax and 14 ounces of washing soda and all of these products can easily be found in most supermarkets in the, uh, the laundry detergent aisle. We store this stuff in a glass container and you use a tablespoon for small load two to three tablespoons for a large load or something with heavy soil. The next thing that we do is make our own dish soap. And this is really just a, a combination of the Fells naphtha, water, white vinegar, vegetable glycerin for a thickening, and a few drops of essential oil such as lim- lemon, lavender, or peppermint, or something else depending on your preference. Now, the first time that we made homemade dish soap. I was kind of surprised at the result because it doesn't really suds up like the commercial products do and you are standing there looking at your dishwater and it's just kind of plain and gray and drab looking but you know one thing that I can say from from personal experience is that using the homemade laundry detergent and the dish soap is that the cleaning ability is far superior to commercial products And not only that, but you tend to use a lot less. And of course, you are not purchasing yet another product that comes in a plastic bottle. Another easy thing to make is just simply an all-purpose cleaner. 
And this is a mixture of vinegar, water, and a little bit of lemon. And a kitchen cleaner and deodorizer can be made from simply baking soda in warm water. Glass cleaner can be made from water, vinegar, and 70% rubbing alcohol and a little bit of essential oils. Now, I am telling you these things that are so simple to make, inexpensive, and are far superior to commercial products. But I do have one simple word of caution that if you start making your own cleaning products, and a lot of people may not know this, but you really truly should never, ever, ever combine ammonia-based cleaners with bleach products or products that contain bleach because the mixture will release fumes that are extremely toxic. So just be mindful of what you're doing and just do not mix those two products. The next thing I want to mention is homemade soap and shampoo bars. Now the, the basics of making soap on your own and shampoo are really very simple and it's essentially a combination of lye, water, an oil base and some other ingredients such as essential oils and once mixed up you pour this into a soap mold and you let it cure for about six weeks and if I remember correctly when we initially started doing this our cost of basic equipment and supplies was about 60 US dollars and what we have to do you know we make large batches at a time so that we don't have to make anything for months because it is a little bit of a process. And even though soap making is really very simple, I would suggest going to a website that focuses on making soap and read the instructions very carefully because this is one of those times you want to follow instructions to the letter. And this is because lye is extremely caustic and has to be handled with care. So on to the next thing, homemade shaving cream. Now this is one thing I really truly cannot take credit for because Annette found a recipe that is fabulous and anyway these recipes can easily be found online but alternatives to shaving cream are things such as coconut oil or aloe vera gel, shea butter, olive oil and even just plain soap. But before Annette came up with this good recipe, I was actually buying Irish Spring Soap with aloe vera, but Annette's homemade product was far superior. And if you want to take this one step further, then switch to using a safety razor, and that way you only have to replace the metal blade, and this prevents you from using a disposable one such as a plastic razor. Now, all of this being said, my next project is really to find or make something that is suitable as a deodorant. And that way I no longer purchase a product that's made in plastic. So that gives you a few examples of a lot of the things that Annette and I do and we do these frequently and again these are products that we no longer purchase at the supermarket. So. Let's now move on to some very simple food products. And the first thing I want to mention really is homemade bread. Now there are 
by my admission, a lot of nuances to making bread. And since I love cooking, I'm always experimenting with different things. And several years ago, I went on a personal mission to learn how to make really good bread. And the one book that was truly the most helpful to me is called Artisan Bread in 5 Minutes a Day. And you can easily find this book online, but it gives you a base recipe. And what I started doing is just keeping detailed notes on the whole process. And then I would change something and yeah, I think it took me about two months of experimenting because I was baking at a really high altitude. But I finally perfected the process. And now we do a lot of sourdough products as well which is another really easy thing to do. But I also started making my own pita bread and I would use a small amount of my sourdough starter as the base and the finished product, it, at least the way I choose to make it, comes out similar to a tortilla but is smaller and thicker. So instead of making sandwiches the traditional way, I now tend to make these little sandwich wraps. And at this point, it is rare that we buy any sort of bread at all from the supermarket. And another easy thing that is so simple to do is making homemade crackers, believe it or not. So for the longest time, you know, I thought this was an impossible task and I was purchasing them at the supermarket. But I got weary of paying the price for the nice fancy crackers, so I just figured out a way to make them. And it turns out that it's really super simple. And again, I have a very simple base recipe that I alter in any way I want in order to vary the type of cracker that I'm making. Another easy example is homemade pizza, believe it or not. So once again, I never purchase pizza at the supermarket anymore, not to mention having pizza delivered. I'll often make a base pasta sauce recipe that's nice and meaty, and that doubles as a pizza sauce. And then I make the dough ahead of time because it keeps very, very well in the refrigerator. Another thing we commonly do is making homemade protein and energy bars. So I typically keep these in my vehicle for emergencies and also keep them in my lunchbox as a snack. Homemade granola is always a big hit in our household. Just the price of granola in the supermarket should discourage you to the point of wanting to make your own. Again, this is one of those things that I have a base recipe and then vary it according to what I want. And then we'll use it just as a simple snack or you can pour milk over it and use it for cereal. Or you can mix other ingredients into it and make it for a, uh, use it for a trail mix. And another easy product, believe it or not, is homemade yogurt. And don't be convinced that you need any special equipment to do this because all you really need is a large wide mouth thermos, some milk, a thermometer, a small pot, and a little bit of leftover yogurt as a starter. And I've been making homemade yogurt for years with this very, very simple 
process. Homemade croutons are also another easy thing to make at home. Now, this is something that was suggested to me by one of my vegan co-workers and she explained to me how to do this and it was incredibly easy. And the best part is that if you're making your own bread, if the bread starts getting a little stale, then you can salvage it by turning it into croutons. So the last thing I want to mention is homemade salad dressings. So just recently I was standing in the supermarket looking at this huge bottle of ranch dressing and I started reading the label as I always do and there were 21 ingredients as well as a very high calorie count. So I went home with the mission of finding an alternative. I did not, it didn't take me a lot of research to find a website that had multiple recipes and on my next trip to the supermarket, I purchased some resealable glass bottles and the needed ingredients to make several recipes. It took about an hour of my time of putting things together and now I have something that was not only healthier, but much lower in calories and I then added something else to my list of things I no longer purchase from the supermarket and something that comes in a plastic container. So the whole point of this episode is really just to show you how easy it is to make things at home. Making your own laundry and cleaning products is not only cost effective but it avoids purchasing something that's packaged in plastic. I really truly only mentioned a few homemade food products that are incredibly easy to make and healthier and some of them take a little forethought and planning but in the end you are eating a better product that is also easier on the environment. You have if you have ever read the label off of a loaf of supermarket bread then you will know exactly what I mean and I did this recently and there were 47 ingredients. My homemade bread only has five. Water, sugar, yeast, salt, and flour. So besides eating healthier, you are once again avoiding purchasing a product that is packaged in plastic. And you may sit there and think that all of this effort is really truly not going to make a difference. But listen to some of these numbers. We throw away 552 million shampoo bottles every year. If you simply switch to plastic free, you will keep over 600 plastic bottles from going to the landfill. One billion plastic toothbrushes are thrown away annually in the United States alone. 700 million plastic laundry detergent jugs go to the landfill every year in the U.S. We throw away 2 billion plastic razors every year. Food packaging alone accounts for 45% of what goes into our landfills. And we throw away $165 billion worth of food every single year. So at this point, I just want to reiterate something that I said in the last episode. 
going plastic free is similar to living sustainably or going waste free. It's, it is a process, it's a journey, and it's going to take some time. But there are things that you can do to set yourself up for success. And first of all, do not focus on perfection. Focus on making progress, because you don't start at zero waste. You don't start at 100% sustainability. And likewise, you don't start at being 100% plastic free. Take one step at a time and focus on your progress that you make. And at one year from now, you will congratulate yourself on your success. Secondly, remember to look for alternatives. So purchase silicone freezer bags, stainless steel and glass food storage containers when it comes time to replace the old ones. And thirdly, stop the single-use habit. If you must purchase something in a plastic container, think of ways that you can repurpose that item for multiple uses to extend the useful life cycle of that product. And this is far better than going single-use. And as far as food products are concerned, Take a simple audit of the things that you commonly purchase. Then pick one thing and see if you can figure out a way to replace that with something that is homemade. So start with something simple. Pita bread, yogurt, snack crackers, and granola are incredibly simple to make, inexpensive, and are healthy alternatives to commercial products that are packaged in plastic. And just recently, as I was standing in the supermarket, reading the label off that giant bottle of ranch dressing, I went home with a mission to figure out a way to produce an alternative, and it ends up I was quite successful. So from a personal perspective, um, I am at the point to where my list of things I no longer purchase from the supermarket is getting longer and longer. I have learned to make many things from common off-the-shelf ingredients and you can do the same. You just have to do it one step at a time. So in closing, I want to leave you with one last thought. Lou Holtz, who was a former American football player and coach, once said, ability is what you are capable of doing. Motivation determines what you do, and attitude determines how well you do it. So what we have to realize is that this is the only planet we have, and we must work to develop a sustainable future, and it's a matter of having the right attitude, motivation, and mindset. So with that said, I am off once again to make some more homemade crackers, and I will see you next week. This is your host, Patrick, signing off. Always remember to live sustainably, because this is how we build a better future. <music>